More human remains found at the site where alleged serial killer Bruce MacArthur worked. Um, we are joined by Ross McLean, who is a crime specialist, security expert, and former Toronto police officer who was at the site. Ross, welcome to the show. Good to be with you to talk to you about one of the strangest things I've ever seen in the city of Toronto. All right, before you get on it, let's play a little clip here from Hank Azinga. He held a press conference. He's the lead investigator on the MacArthur investigation. Have a listen. Yesterday, the Toronto Police Service, with assistance from Ontario Forensic Pathology Services, Durham Regional Police, and the Ontario Provincial Police, commenced excavation of the ravine. We are prioritizing areas which give us the strongest indications by canine units. Yesterday afternoon, human remains were located at one of the first digging sites. These remains have been brought to Ontario Forensic Pathology Services for further examination. The excavation continues and we anticipate being here for, well, at least until next week. Here's what he said about the human remains found. It's possible it's more than one. It's possible it's part of uh, the remains of some of the victims who were already recovered. We just don't know yet. We have to uh, rely on identifying those remains first and see whether that that takes us, whether they're remains of somebody else uh, who hasn't been identified yet. Uh, We've got a lot of work to do. They do have a lot of work to do. Right now, police are at Mallory Crescent. That's the house in Leaside where um, seven, the bodies and dismembered body parts of seven men allegedly killed by Bruce MacArthur were found in garden planters earlier this year. Ross McLean's on the line with us right now. Ross, you uh, were there yesterday. Describe the area and, you know, the remains were found in. Yeah, I was there today, actually. It was today. I was there yesterday because that's when they first started looking. And then today, uh, when Hank just gave that press conference, and I have to tell you, what I wasn't expecting is I expecting they were going to come out and say they found something they did. But then they said we're going to give uh, the press the ability to come down and look and see where we're excavating. Why would and, they know, do that? Well, you know, I, actually, I talked, uh, I talked to the detective away from everybody. And he said that this started yesterday. He wasn't there yesterday. He came back today. He went down. He looked himself to see what was going on, even just himself. He had a second in command in charge. And he thought, you know, the public needs to see this. He says, I think the press needs to see this. So he decided he made the call to allow the press to go down that uh, rope line to have a look at at the site. It is a scorching hot day. Today it is 42 degrees uh, the investigators that are in the site, and the site is uh, in the back of the Mallory house, is it not? It's uh, going to the ravine. It's it's scorching hot. Were they wearing biohazard suits? They're all wearing uh, these dark blue uh, full cover overalls that go right from their ankles, uh, you know, right up to their wrists. They're thick, they're heavy. I talked to the one forensic investigator yesterday about that, and I said, you have to wear these so that you don't contaminate the evidence. And he says, well, that's part of it. He says, the other part is so we don't get contaminated with anything with anything we touch or come in contact with. So they have to wear that stuff. It's just unbelievable in that heat. I bet. Um, so describe the scene. What exactly is going on? Well, yesterday I looked from the, the street. They had us all sort of roped back, and I could see these officers coming up sort of one at a time from behind this little thing out of the ravine. They come up, they go to the Gatorade water bottle, they'd sort of wash their face, they'd splash their face, and then they'd go in the tent, and then they'd go back down. I only saw one or two, and I thought, what is going on there? Well, today when they took us down, this this ravine, I put my camera on, walked down behind it, 
And you go down it. Anybody who's walked down a ravine in the GTA area knows what it's like. It's steep. You could almost twist your ankle going down it. They had a rope there. But as you go down, you get to an opening and you look up and you see this massive police operation going through it. It's almost like, Kelly, when you're out at the cottage and you flip a rock over and you find an ant colony. Mm. I mean, that's what it looked like to me. You're going through this ravine. It, it opens up and you see up and down this hill police starting at the top working their way down going by hand taking buckets passing buckets going down to the next one putting it through a sifter the forensic anthropologist is overlooking the site it was like a complete operation it was unbelievable how many cops are we talking about uh, i think i was actually going to try and count them up before we went on i think we we're at 20 or 25 mm. and they're, they're from opp durham region these are all specialized specially skilled cops these aren't your typical street cops these are ones who know how to deal with these sort of things, what to look for, how to treat them, and how to manage it. They're all very skilled. No doubt this has to be handled delicately. Describe what is going on. They've got hand sifters that they're using that they're uh, putting the soil from the buckets into. And then where does it go, whatever is comes out of that? Well, it gets sifted, and then they move it off to the side. They're going through it. What it is, uh, uh, Kelly, is at the top of the ravine, at the back of that home, there was a compost pile that was there. Now, the detective did not, as, he, as, as well he shouldn't, get terribly specific about it. But based on what he said, based on what we saw, based on how quickly they were able to recover the first bit of remains from showing up there, my guesstimate is that this body was somehow in the bottom of a compost pile, or these remains right. were in the body. So they were they were able to go through that fairly quickly. It's not like it was under hard-packed sort of ground. And, sure. You, and sort of you know, I have a farm in the family. Uh, my in-laws have a farm, and my husband will put, you know, grass and, and tree branches and things like that and dump it into a part of the farm that's low-lying. Like So basically, you back the trailer up, turf everything over the hill there. So that's what the kind of scene that we're talking about. This compost pile, how big is it? Well, we were there, of course, after they've already gone through a lot of it, so you can't really tell. Now, the detective did tell me that the dogs not only triggered, and you heard it in the piece that you played, the cadaver dogs not only triggered at that location, apparently they triggered at quite a few locations just to the east of where that is, east from where that is, I mean, within the same proximity, but they're starting off where the dogs hit the strongest first, and they're going to have to work their way across. So I think they've got a lot more... Uh, work to be going on there that's for sure Kelly I want to just play actually a clip you brought up the sniffer dogs here's uh, Hank Zinga who is the lead investigator talking about the dogs on scene we had the canine units down there and we've gotten a lot of false positives from the canine units so we were cautiously optimistic about finding anything else when we found uh, the remains yesterday very quickly uh, we anticipated being here for weeks quite frankly digging we, we found them that quickly it was a bit of a surprise maybe it's a, a dumb question but what's a false positive what would, what would he mean by that well the dog could have uh, smelled something else there could have been maybe a rodent there that died mm. or something right or something like that and the dog triggered and it was the wrong thing you know I, I mean the joke about that is you don't want to be at the airport and have a dog come up and sit down next to you right because yeah <laughs> that sort of thing but I have to tell you, what an impressive operation out there of professionals. It's, it's really something else to see all these different departments working together in sync like that. It's, uh, have you ever really seen fun. anything like this? No, no. I don't think there's been an investigation like this in the history of Ontario policing. I really don't think there has been. The amount of work going into this, the amount of professionalism, 
uh, it's, it's really something to behold. And I don't say that lightly because I, you know, I used to be in a job a long time ago. I've worked with a lot of companies and you don't always see things work as well as this seems to be working with this investigation. We're talking with Ross McLean, who is a crime specialist and former Toronto cop. He is at the Mallory Crest House, Crescent House in Leaside, where uh, the remains of more than seven men were found in dismembered in uh, garden planters, allegedly killed by Bruce MacArthur, the alleged serial killer. Um, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about this compost pile in the back, because now they're concentrating on the behind the house in the ravine, the compost pile. Uh, they're sifting through it, as you said, right now. They're planning. Are they planning to dig anywhere else in the ravine? Because I'm looking at this map right now, and the ravine backs on to train tracks, and across the train tracks is a pretty significant green area. It's the uh, Crothers Wood Trail System. It's the Lower Dawn Parklands. Uh, are they going to bring the dogs back there? Because to me, it looks like there's a lot of space where you could, for lack of a better way of saying this hide some bodies yeah no there is a lot of space back there now the detective did not say but i'll just say my impression was that where the dogs triggered was all along the top of that area you know and i asked the detective i said look is it possible that what happened is the killer when they killed these people took the bodies you know put them here in the compost pile you know then took them into the garage and that's where they did the chopping them up and putting them in the planters so could it be that this was just a staging area for him and you'd be able to find them here. Because they, my guess is they were not deeply dug, hidden, tamped down, that sort of thing. That's my guess. The detective didn't say that. That's my guess. And he looked at me and said, well, we have to consider all of these things. So I suspect that, I suspect that, you know, I think they'll move along pretty quick. And I think everywhere they move along, my suspicion is they're going to find a few more. Is my, that's my suspicion. How long do you expect this investigation is going to take? I, you know, I, 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 I joked with Detective Izinga months ago. I said, this is going to be a career case for you. I said, you'll be doing it till the day you retire. And after you retire, you'll still be coming back for doing court stuff or other things on it. This is, this is one of the most extensive investigations I, ever, I have ever seen. And I have to tell you, Detective Itzinga is very, very impressive. His second in command, I think it's Detective Dickinson. Sorry if I got his name wrong. He is like the guy you want as your number two guy. Meticulous, thoughtful, hard as rock, does the job. I mean, if you need anybody investigating a homicide, you'd, you'd want these two on it. But it is, uh, this is tough work. MacArthur's scheduled to be back in court July uh, 23rd. Could we have more charges by then? You could, but you know what? I actually asked the detective. I said, you've done all the disclosure to the defense. I said, when are you going to start prosecuting? And they said they're ready to go. They're ready to go. They have to wait back to hear from the Crown. It's obviously the Crown's case to prosecute, but the police say they're ready to go. And uh, something I want to point out, too, before we go, people need to understand how hard the forensic teams are working. You know, there's one guy, he's a forensic supervisor. Every crime scene I go to, I see him at. Mm. He's unbelievable. And the one homicide detective said to me, one of the other ones said, he says, you know what, we have to just do the homicides. But these guys go to all the homicides. They go to all the shootings that may turn into homicides and have to treat them like they're that. And he says they are really, really, really working hard. That's probably why we have other forces in helping out with this uh, with this excavation.